Welcome back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast, all things competitive in the world of Warhammer 40,000. My name's Eric. With me is my co-host, Robert. Hello. And we are back. Robert's off, re- freshly returned from his first foray into tournament organizing. Had an interesting weekend. Uh, tell us a little bit about the event. Everything went up in flames. It all exploded. People cheating. No, no, it was fine. It was just a nice, healthy 10 players. The store was a little cramped, but there wasn't much we could do about that. And yeah, we had a nice, healthy mix of player place terrain and then some of the GW setups, which I'll admit I made a boo-boo on the last mission because of the fact that I forgot which mission I picked and which setup I used. So... (laughs) Um, we did mission M and one of the tables for G for GW ended up on layout number two, which made a big old shooting gallery. I'm trying to remember if that particular mission is supposed to be on setup. No, no, it's not. Okay. Oh, well, I can think of worse things that you can do on your first time out. So no big deal. Hmm. Yeah, it was. Needless to say, like a, oh, that happened. <laughs> but yes, no, it was it was a fun time, and I am very excited to do it again whenever I get the chance. But that'll depend on, you know, if I'm awake or not. <laughs> yeah. Got a new uh, shift at work, so always got messing things up a little bit, so... Kind of write it out while you can. So, <laughs> yep, I will no longer know what day it is, <laughs> and nor will it matter. <laughs> well, it will matter. What if I want to make a tournament, Eric? Mm, good point. <laughs> anyway, there is actually one coming up on the thirtieth. I saw that was announced at Imperial Outpost Games. So I was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I already signed up for that one because I was first. Nice. Yeah, that one kind of caught me a little bit by surprise. So now I'm like going, oh, okay. I guess I need things to get ready before then. So, Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to play at that event yet. My guess is 40k. No, no, I'm going to show up and play War Machine. What do you think? <laughs> so, uh, so what factions are you toying with? So I know I uh, spent most of the year with the same two factions. Are you still kind of going through rounding it out with the pick for 2024 or just... Looking for something new. No, at at this point, it's very much, I think I'm settled in my ways of, I am most likely just going to play my custodians because their book's coming out early next year. I, that's right. I need to go pick up my Terminators. They should have arrived at the store like two days ago. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, no, I got more Terminators. <laughs> but it was... It's basically the... I have barely played my Knights, even though they're super pretty, and I was super gung-ho about playing them the entirety of this year. But knowing me, I army hop like, like a very, very bad cracker. And, and that, that was a really bad analogy. I don't know where I was going with that. But no, it's I've just kind of hopped back to my custodians, and we'll see what happens. I think it'd be cool. So yeah, have uh, 
another go at it. I think uh, the meta might be shifting anyway. Uh, you know, right now it's very mechanized. I could switch back to infantry again. Uh, I've been hearing some players getting success with horde armies. You know, simply because the tanks are just like I don't have enough blast weapons to deal with you, uh, or if I don't blast you fast enough, it's too late. So. Yeah, I kind of have an idea of what I would like to play, but I don't have the model for it yet. And just saying, Tim, if you're listening to this, no, I will not play the 120 bodies of Sisters of Silence. <laughs> we actually did the points on that. It can exist. I'm just like, no, <laughs> I will not have that many sisters laying around. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. <laughs> But yeah, I'm assuming you are going to stick to Dark Eldar because you're you. I don't expect you to play any different until you decide to play Necrons. Yeah, kind of um, on that realm, I feel like same boat. I, I don't expect the Drakari Codex to come out anytime soon. Matter of fact, I expect it to come out in uh, 2025. It uh, was the original rumor I heard prior to the start of 10th that it was going to be one of the last codices to come out. Um, that said, um, I, I, I'm liking so far what I'm working with and I, I mean, so far with codices haven't come out, there's not been that huge power creep where you feel like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, the difference between codex and index isn't quite that drastic yet, which is nice, but on the flip side, it is a play style I enjoy and getting the, the good idea out of the army. And once the codex comes out, I think I'll be all right. Okay, what do I need to tweak to get a little more performance out of it? If I had to switch, yes, I've got a rock pile of Necrons. The new Necron codex I find very intriguing. Uh, we talked about it when we did the preview last week, what I'd probably play. Interesting enough, I'm also kind of leaning, I kind of liking demons all of a sudden, so... But I think because they play very similar to Drukari, where they kind of uh, play a lot of shenanigans of movement and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I'm excited to play against your Dark Eldar again because our game, our last game of Drukari versus Custodes, was actually very very close, even though it was a pretty low scoring game, as far as I can. Yeah, remember. and that's one thing. If I keep the score low, um, I win, which is good for winning, bad for tournaments. Because uh, as what we saw what happened in the last RTT you and I played in, I was at the bottom of my two and one bracket because of that. And uh, it's just the way the army plays right now. And um, my stats really show it at this point. Something like if I hold my opponent to less than 30 points on primary, I think I'm five and one, six and one, something like that. Or basically, I win a, a little more than eighty percent of my games. Anytime they get more than thirty points primary, I think I've only won once. So it's it's very telling. That's where the game is. You just for Trikari, at least at least for me, is you need to uh, hold your opponent down on primary, not score them on secondary. So they do so well at secondary. So yeah, you end up getting a lot of 60-point yeah. games and 50-point games, and people go, oh, did you play five rounds? I guess we did. So, mm -hmm. But yeah. And then, who knows, you might actually see Ray come and play. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's playing. Um, 
Votan are pretty powerful of late, and I could see Votan actually suiting his play style. And I know he's got quite a few knights, and he's been playing with that around, but I, I kind of hoping to see him lean more towards Votan, but that's, you know, it's his choice, and I will respect him for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for right now, we get to see what everyone else is playing, or do you want to talk about the undiscernible advent calendar images yeah a couple things so a couple of my um, two things I want to give kind of props to gw there's a lot of negativity right now for gw right now and uh so two things are doing really well number one there's finally that the synergy we talked about between release date and release items and warhammer plus so although it was an aos release uh, the was it the flesh courts or the courts of the flesh i can't remember the exact name yeah the flesh eater Fle courts yeah for they've been big big splash release not only do they have the painting show on warhammer plus about how to paint them the battle report is about them the lore show is about them it really is becoming the on you know the video on demand version of white dwarf used to be so i think they're finally hitting their stride on how warhammer plus can be used as not only a great content tool but also way to market the product so i, I was really happy to see that even though it was Flesh Eater Court. <laughs> Although half of my grotesques were made from Flesh Eater Court models. But anyway, um, make me a model, please, GW, please. No, no, more breakdancing grotesques. No, no. and fine cast. Oh, my God. Uh, second thing, though, as you mentioned, one of my favorite things that GW does is the Advent calendar. Uh, um, matter of fact, uh, today is first of Advent. Those of you who don't know um, what Advent is, uh, it is a part of the Christian holiday, but where you count down the 25 days till Christmas. Uh, more specifically, we celebrate the, you know, kids get to open a little treat every window. Either the ones I grew up with had little pictures and it was like a scene, like any, with all like a, a cityscape and very Charles Dickensy looking. And then, yes, you opened each window or each door, it showed what was going on inside. These days, the kids get like little pieces of chocolate, you know, to come out there, blow mold type things. On the adult side of things, every Sunday we light another candle. So it's a kind of a big deal in the European tradition. You don't see it too much here in America. But uh, what Games Workshop does, instead of giving you chocolate, they give you a glimpse into the future. So every day in the month of December, leading up till Christmas, they will be showing off an extreme close-up of a model that's not been released yet. And uh, I'm very excited, because the first time they did this, on the 25th, they released Cypher's Rules at the time. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Being my favorite character. Mm -hmm. This year, we're off to a flying start. The first three are, I would say, very hard to guess what the heck they are. And also, also, the last time that they did this build up into releasing something, mm. the thing around the window changed. Changed slowly, but it did change. And it's true. I forgot about that. So, yes, for those that are cyber sleuths or have way too much time on their hands, Look at the wreath. It'll probably change something somewhere. From last year went from like Eldari to Chaos, correct? Yeah. So the first one, it's an image of a set of what could be swords, what looks like a wing. It's probably Age of Sigmar related. Yeah, part of me went when I my first hot take was it's Sigmar. Like I said, it looks like some sort of bladed wing type thing. But then I kept thinking, 
Um, maybe this is a, a Raven Guard of some kind. Yeah, that is another possibility. But the the reason why I'm still pretty much set on it being Sigmar is because for Raven Guard, the they would be layered closer together. Okay. So these are these are fanned out really far, and also they're really jagged edges, which is not how Space Marines do things. Good point. Okay. Yeah, sometimes we have to click. Then I know some of the other ones we had to kind of double check as well. So the second one, I believe, is the uh, skeleton, kind of like looks almost like a, tr a trophy rack of some kind. Yeah, it's a skeleton on a post. And for a minute there, you would almost think, hey, it's a purity seal, but the the wax stamp is just an X and not the classic little purity seal. And it's coming out of some flame-themed thing. So I very much think it's still Sigmar. If it's not Sigmar, then it has to be something attached to Chaos because they're the only ones that really walk around with trophy racks. Yeah, the Purity Seals threw me off as well. And then I saw the Scott, the um, the Scott, the cross thing, and I'm like, on who's that? So we need Lore Master uh, Ray here to help us with this. I mean, you could say it's a skull and some crossbones. <laughs> Sorry, that, that that was pretty pretty wide open pun. I'm a terrible person for it. <laughs> but the next one is a little more in the lines of something like Kill Team or 40K because it literally has a sign of Sector 136-456-5-something-something-something minefield. The tricky part is I'm trying to figure out what it is. So what kind of model has a minefield sign? So the first thing I thought of is... Didn't Gene Sealer Cult like years ago have like a there's like a saboteur model? Yeah, they have um then the saboteur is still around, yeah. Like they can set up bombs and stuff like that. But with this one we can actually see what looks like the edge of the base. And judging by the amount of space I have a feeling that it's something on like a forty or fifty millimeter base because only those bases have enough large space for a detail like an entire sign and a piece of barbed wire hmm. and it's also been it's in english i'm thinking okay it's got to be imperial of some kind so yeah i'm not sure what this is going to be but yeah that's just i believe that one's imperial guard and yeah it's going to be a fun time exploring these things given you know we get to see more of them which i mean we will they're going to post one every single day right. yeah i'm excited let's see what the next ones are going to be but um go forward from there yeah i'm not really sure uh what else they're going to show we also don't have like a real timeline either when these things are actually going to be released of course <laughs> watch there anything like that translocation tr um, Overlord that's coming out and it's been in the been hidden away for like two years. It's possible. Well, there's that. Do I remember the last year at this point? Well, this is how they introduced the um, oh, I just blanked on the name the Space Marines that have all the crazy Nerf missile launchers that have indirect fire. Oh, the Desolation yeah. Marines? 
a lot of their stuff was it's in the um, advent calendar as well so we could be seeing those came out fairly soon once this thing released so could see that mm-hmm. so yeah from from there I think we can hop to our our normal broadcasting of the five no yeah five events that we were able to find this yeah, weekend quite a bit going on this weekend you can tell people are back from the break and um, especially here in the states but some of the big events also in uh, Europe. So very excited. Uh, big slate for us to talk about today. Where do we want to start first? Well, I think we can start at the easiest one of Warzone Atlanta because it's the first one that I looked at. <laughs> so this one had a very healthy 100 players. And the Warzone, game, the Warzone events are just traditional at this point. I see them all over the place. And... They're also attached to a lot of player history, like it was Adam Abramowitz, mm-hmm. who wanted to try and win Warzone Atlanta, I believe. I can't remember which one it was, but it's one of the ones in the Deep South there, yeah. So, the my, my event page is having some issues. Oh. There we go. No, it's nice to see Warzone Atlanta. If those of you who remember uh, Paul Murphy, uh, he was actually one of the mm-hmm. first real proponents of getting Warzone, the Warzone uh, events off the ground. Don't know how much he's involved these days behind the scenes of it, but um, he was one of the. Uh, at this point, I see him. Uh, <laughs> I see him as a GW commentator and stuff more often than anything yeah. else. That too. So the top five of Warzone Atlanta rounded out to be. Naaman Allen with Tau, Daniel Hester's with Eldar, Chris Daly with Imperial Guard, David Purcell with Imperial Guard as well, and then Z Martin with Eldar. Interesting. But a couple, uh, one noticeable name is the Thomas Bird fellow. I know he only plays Ultramarines as far as I've seen him play. I think he was some kind of big name in the earlier years of 40k or something, I think. Let me double check here. Hang on one second. Name is familiar, but I don't want to start talking about the wrong player. (laughs) Yeah, I've just heard it come up before. And if anyone only played one faction, it was this guy. (laughs) But yeah, I very much think that the Eldar list is kind of what we expect to see now where it's a bunch of night spinners and a whole bunch of little stuff it's funny it's very similar to the um space marine with the three whirlwinds you know, basically you got a block of indirect fire you've got a hammer unit to keep somebody out of the middle and whether it be wraith guard or redemptors with a backed up by tech priest and then you got little stuff on the sides to score secondary <laughs> And in this case, I would be wrong. Really? What is he bringing? Mm-hmm. Innovation here, So, folks. Z. Martin's list is that of an Autark, a Farseer Skyrunner, Fugin, Carondras, a Solitaire, one massive brick of Storm Guardians. Storm Guardians? What? Yeah, ten Storm Guardians. And then it's three Falcons... Three units of fire dragons, two units of rangers, 
two units of striking scorpions, three support weapons, and then a unit of swooping hawks. That is a little odd. I mean, I remember the old build was because you could somehow tank the um, between various um, Eldar spells, you could get like a four up invul on your guardians, and then you could tank additional wounds onto the support weapons. I don't think you can do that now, the way 10th is set up. So I'm not sure what the Storm Guardians are doing in there. The rest of the stuff, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, those are kind of your, especially Swooping Hawks. They're great for objective grabs and getting behind enemy lines since they can get in and out of uh, reserves. I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how the rest of this list works. That's pretty cool. So let's take a look at Daniel Hester's list to see if he brought something similar. The Wayleaper, Fugan, Illic Night Spirit, Solitaire. There's the Incarn, um, a Falcon, Fire Dragons, three Night Spinners, a Ranger unit, and then some Void Weaver. So he bought the heavier guns approach, whereas it looks like Z Martin brought the more table control aspect because he can be in more places. Yeah, definitely more for a, a uh, board control list. So, yeah. But yes, congratulations to the top performers and the information on Thomas Bird will be found out in the future because, yeah, that's not relevant to the situation currently. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I, yeah, FM is afraid I'm getting mixed up with the wrong guy, so I don't, don't want to report on them. But not with that. Yep. And then, uh, there we go. We hop on up to Missouri for the Feliz Exterminatus, someone decided to try and make us be Christmassy. <laughs> that was a very angry Santa, though. Indeed. So this one, just a five-round event. The top five ended up being, starting out with a familiar name here of Bam Bam Hunter, Mr. Space Wolves, Mr. Flying Monkey himself, and then fourth place is Kyle Lamperez with Dark Angels. And third place is Peyton, Pri Peyton Priest with Yanari. So, Eldar. Second place is Kyle McCord with Black Templars. And first place is Ryan Verbeck with Tyranids. Because where he was a Custodes player for a long time, wasn't he? Meh. <laughs> I don't keep track of people that well. <laughs> anyway, interesting to see what, uh, what Tyranid list he ended up taking. Well, he took Invasion Fleet, which kind of have is just the good old meat and potatoes of Tyranids. Broodlord, Death Leaper, a Neuro Tyrant, Old One-Eye, some Gargoyles, a Biovore, a couple of Carnifexes, three Exocrines, a single unit of Gene Stealers, a couple of Lictors, a single Malceptor, three Neuro Lictors, and two, pyro, two Pyrovores. Mm -hmm. Yep. That very much looks like a list to me. <laughs> I'm just not sure. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. I don't know. Probably reads that list. And I'm like, wait, he took that in which detachment? So, well, the with the way because it's an invasion fleet, he can kind of tailor to what he needs. And the old one eye plus Carnifexes are just like he brought both of the Carnifexes kitted out with um four. Death spitters, each, or something like that. It's it's hard to make sense of that, but 
basically I know that this unit gets a whole bunch of shots that get to reroll everything because old one eye is part of the squad. Okay. So yeah, he that's a solid list if I ever saw one. Although it does make me sad that he doesn't have a hard specs. Womp womp. Interesting. Well, I was glad to see different army on top, and nice to see him back on top. So, so it's good to see that. Yep. And yeah. Otherwise, I don't think there's. Well, I mean, Space Wolves. Did they? Yep. He brought the Storm Lance Task Force. So I believe that's the mounted one. Storm Lance. I think it is as well. That's an interesting choice. All right. And well, I know why. He probably brought this one because this is the one that, yeah, this is the detachment that focuses on mounted units. So he has a battle leader on Thunderwolf. He has a nor a wolf lord on Thunderwolf, another wolf lord on Thunderwolf, some doggos, a gladiator lancer, another lancer, um, and some scepter squads, an infiltrator squad, two redemptor dreadnoughts, a scout squad, and then two massive bricks of Thunderwolf cavalry. Yeah, that I expect. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it is... I kind of figured that was going to be the skew that we would finally see out of Space Wolves at some point. If not Gladius. Well, being that he's got the detachment for it, you know, given the buffs to mounted units, it kind of made sense. Yeah, but we all know it was meant for vroom vroom motorcycles and not bark bark doggos. Was it though? <laughs> I mean, who cares if you're both mounted, right? Good point. So on to probably the biggest event on our roster. The Lester Super Major. Yet another one in the UKTC circuit that is just crazy high in populace because this one had 200 people. That's a lot of people. That's not a big yeah, city. Is. Leicester is um, yeah, sort of middle part of England. Uh, not exactly a big city. So I'm trying to figure out where they had this. But the uh, you know, this is part of that circuit put together by the folks who run the London GT. So this is the other question I was trying to figure out, which I don't think we have an answer for yet tonight. The London GT is sort of their grand finale. So is this the Leicester GT, the start of next year, or is this sort of the, because it's December, it's sort of a, this another accent to this season? I think the last time that we covered it was, um, I think the Leicester Super Major was actually the end of the UKTC before, because it was the last major event before LVO. So at that point, I think that's how it ended up working out, but I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure either. Well, let's see who, see who the big players are in this particular event. Indeed, the top five. So we will mention the one guy that did get kicked out of top cut by just a hair was Raphael Harbinson with World Eaters. Went a nice, healthy, undefeated through the first five rounds. But then we have the top four that lasted all the way into round six and seven for top cut. And in sixth place is Crichton Centaurus playing Sisters. In third place is Daniel Whitaker with Eldar. In second place is Nassim Fushan also playing World Eaters. And then in first place is Will Whitaker playing Chaos Space Marines. Mm, interesting. So they have been rather dominant. This one. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure this has all of the tools of, yep, three Chaos Lords, three Dark Communes, two things of Accursed Cultists, well, three things of, of Accursed Cultists, three things of Chosen. Double fortune. There we go. Two rhinos. Celeste and Nerglings. Yep. Yeah, I hate to say kind of all the, the usual list here. This is sort of the, the net list of chaos right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Affectionately known as AD, ACDC with Forge Fiends. Nice. Although I'm... Well, the points would be a little tight after fitting in three units of Chosen to have room for a third Forge Fiend. But chosen are so good because the forge fiends are 180 points, so you'd have to. Are they really? Mm-hmm. I did not realize that for some reason. I thought they were like, like 120 or something like that. Nope, they are under 200 points. And I guess if you didn't want to bring the demons detachment, you could fit in a third forge fiend. But from what I've heard people talk about, no, you're you're bringing Celeste. And a couple of Nerglings. So there we go. Yep. But yes, congratulations to all the top performers over there. With 200 people, that is definitely no small feat. But now we can kind of come on back home, just north of us, up to Utah, where you could have won a Warhound. You can never go wrong with a Warhound. Sure you can. Shipping it is a nightmare. (laughs) Details. So yes, it is the Warhound GT, and the top five ended up being these folks of Nick Gaddis with Votan. Fourth place is Antonius Tolman with World Eaters. Third place is old war boss Richard Kilton himself. Second place is Jason McKenzie with Tau, and first place is Chase Chapel with Grey Knights. Really? Congratulations, Chase. We haven't seen that name pop up no, in a while. No, I was going to say, hey, there's a name we haven't heard from in a while. Yeah, so a couple of librarians, Castellan Crow, Drago. Um, I just totally realized that Brotherhood Terminators are battle line for them. Ew. A Strike Squad, a Land Raider Redeemer, a Storm Raven Gunship, an Interceptor Squad, Paladins, a Purifier, and then a Calidus Assassin. Wow. All right, then. Well. Imagine that jumping around the table all the time. Yeah, that's um, hmm. that's kind of almost like activation lock. There's just so many things to shoot at. You just don't have enough units. Yeah. Although I did like his list name of nothing to see here, just 30 Terminators. Yeah. All right. So congratulations to them. Someone walked away with a Warhound Titan, usually in a raffle. Because I remember they did it at the Rocky Mountain Open. And I was like, sweet. Oh, wait, no, I don't want to <laughs> win this because I have to fly back home. Well, it's, it's a warhound. Uh, have you ever seen a warlord titan in person? Oh, n- no. They had one at Nova. Actually, the guy had three of them. I was just like, bro, they're huge. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're like, I want to say they're l- almost two feet tall. They're, they're hu- absolutely huge. Well, I mean, that's why whenever I chat with them to anyone about the hobby, um, it goes, all right, there's Warhound, there's Reaver, and then there's literally a small child. Yeah. Oh. But yes, we can end our event coverage on a nice holiday note of a crowd favorite of Mary Slaneshmus. So the top five for 
who can be the most cheery Slanesh worshipper at that event is David Byrick with Chaos Space Marines. In fourth place is Joel Rogers with Space Wolves. In third place is Steve Trimble with Chaos Space Marines. Second place is Hank Adams with Ultramarines. And first place is Timothy Grant with Death Guard. I'm not familiar with Timothy and glad to see him take the top spot with Death Guard. Yep, he's got Mortarian, a couple of Putrefires, Typhus, the Tallyman, Marines, 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 and a bunch of Rhinos, one brick of Poxwalkers, and Nurglings. Yeah, Mortarian's a pretty good buff bot, and he's tough enough to take a bunch of hits. Neat. Okay, so trying to think. Go over this one more time. I was trying to figure out what he has in his like objective holders there. Well, I can already tell you it is. Let's see. There's ten marines there. There's five marines there. There's another ten there. Ten there. Ten there, and five there. One, two, three, four, five, six units of marines, and then one, two, three, four, five rhinos. There we go. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So yeah, it's just marine horde with mortarian. Still deadly because they've got. I mean, plague marines got a whole bunch of special weapons. Yeah, they do. So I think, like I said before, I always have said it when I see horde lists do well. I think this is a f the first actual successful sign of hey, here's our horde numbers. You can't shoot all mm -hmm. of us. And it's true because it's like okay, especially when the marine bodies because I believe they're up. Uh, three up, and I want to say they, I don't know if they still have feel no pain or not, but I just remember them being a lot more resilient than they needed to be when you're trying to kill them in, in, in droves. It just doesn't help. <laughs> Honestly, I've, whenever I've played Don, it's only been against his really crazy vehicle yeah. thing. So it's like, I don't know what Marines are. Yeah, I do remember them being pretty good, but. But apparently it was something to do with the special weapons, and they had, or maybe even a grenade pack of some kind. But well, with him having three putrefires, I think the putrefires um, have really crazy grenades. That sounds about right. But yes, congratulations to all of the top performers there. A shout out to Mr. Ben Jurek. He ended up coming in 18th at Slaneshmus. But he is back to his old self. He is War Boss Ben. He brought his orcs. Indeed. Daka, 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 daka. What's he got in his list by chance? I'm just curious what it is. So he has a Beast Boss, Captain Badruck, Mazrog's Gragbag, so the the named Beast Boss. Okay, thank you. I was like, I don't know who that is. The guy on the Great White Squig. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of knobs on Smash the Squigs, and then a normal War Boss, and then a single unit of Beast Snaga Boys, and then a couple of trucks, a total of three of them. One full size unit of Flash Gets for Captain Badruck to be attached to, some Gretchen, a couple of knobs, two full bricks of Squig Hog Boys, one little unit of Squig Hog Boys, and then some Storm Boys. Wow. Okay. Other than giving up a ton of points for assassination, he's helped to kill you. 
Oh, yeah. Because this list, like the... And he, he went the full nines, so he has all three enhancements in here. He has just a bunch of boys. It lets him be everywhere. Crazy. We'll see if it works. A lot of people thought orcs were just kind of just under the surface of the meta and could be a dominant force. So curious to see how they uh, turn out the next few months. Well, I'm very excited for their book because, yes, I still have orcs on the shelf. I need to finish painting them all the Jolly Rancher colors. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up playing Custodians next season again. <laughs> can't deviate from what you know, right? Once a janitor, always a janitor. Does that make you a pirate? I think it does. Ah, uh, well, gosh darn it. I was wondering where my land raider went. <laughs> it was funny. I saw the downloadable content uh, for uh, Warhammer Gladius. I guess it's a PC game, a turn-based version. Yeah, it was the attempt at, like, zone control kind of war game kind of stuff. It was tiles and everything. So you're saying it's not that great? I've honestly never played it, but I never heard anyone really ranting or raving about it, and there was literally one point where it was free. Oh, wow. Hope I could find it, because they have now a ton of downloadable content. And the latest is they have uh, Drakari available. So, yeah, so now you've got Jakari, Eldari, Tyranids, Necrons, Chaos Space Marines, Loyalist Marines, Imperial Guard, uh, Gene Stealer Cult, and I forgot who the other There's one other. There's uh, as playable uh, factions. So I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Oh, um, Soratos. And then they have other like additional units you can buy, and then there's even a fortification pack. So, Chaos Players, get your Noctilith Crown. Get your gigantic 12 inch wide and almost two feet tall giant ring of annoyance. Exactly. Especially if you're a psyker. But yeah. Otherwise, I know my. So, Eric, because you get to see it digitally, you don't get to see it in mm -hmm. person. What do you think of the Blade Champion that I'm still working on? With this crazy cape that you're working on? Well. I mean, he has other colors now, too. <laughs> and the model itself is always awesome. No, I'm, I'm really excited to see how the model finishes up. That's looking really cool. Yep, just some more highlights and some basing to do. And me, no, no. If I do too much, I'll never get the army done. Yeah, I'm kind of at that point, too, where I'm like, okay, do I skip a step so I can get the army done versus do this extra step that really doesn't put it over the, the top? Uh, what am I going to do here? Yeah. I mean, I need to... I need to get my other boxes of Terminators anyway, so that way I can possibly play the version of Custodes that I want to play. But that would then require building them and priming them and making me cry because <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was done. Just when you thought you were you were out, they pull you back in. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do that. 
it's kind of hard to leave anyway. But yeah, otherwise, that's basically it. I don't think we have very much else to talk about besides, you know, imagining Ray playing Votan. That's about it, really. No, it's been kind of a quiet week. And uh, we'll be uh, kind of wrapping things up as uh, this tends to be the slow period of the uh, tournament season until January comes around and everybody ramps up for LVO, which will be interesting to see. Are people still doing that? You know, is LVO still holding on to its relevance that it's had in the past? Well, I mean, looking through the events that are coming up in the future, I saw a good chunk of LVO prep events that were rolling around. That is a good sign. Yeah. I honestly think, though, that with now the WCW circuit, the NTL one, and then obviously FLGs, we've covered it before. People are going to have choices to make, and they're going to have a variety. Yeah, there's a lot of variety there, and it's interesting that how much do they cross over? Because that's something that was still a question. Like, do the did the WCW grant ITC points? You know, so it was a kind of a double event at this point. Are you do you have to choose your kind of choose your faction? Not faction, but I'm looking for uh, your win path for a championship. It's going to be very interesting, and also who's back next year? Um, I know Flatline Gaming announced a whole bunch of events for next year, but. We still don't know if the WCW will be back. So, Yeah, we'll have to see. Because if they do another round of U.S. Opens, then depending on how my schedule looks, I might try to squeeze in one of those and see how it is actually playing at a GW event. Otherwise, nah, I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to keep my travels a little bit closer to home this time. I can see that. Also, good because they tend to rotate. So that's the next question I got: is you know, where is the next GW events this year? So, are they going back to Kansas City? Are they stay in the Pacific Northwest? Where are they going? Yeah, that's true. We haven't seen where they're even going to pop up yet. So, but I'm honestly thinking that the events I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Atlantic City Open most likely. Um. And then I will probably try to squeeze in going to some events out in Vegas because it's literally a drive away. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And then from there, it's just figuring out what other events that we're going to attend. Because, yeah, attending Scorched Earth Open and Spike Club Open are really nice and all. But we're still kind of waiting on the official dates of when those are going to happen. Indeed we are. So keep our fingers crossed on that. Of course, once we get that news, we'll be uh, breaking that to you as quickly as we can. But um, yeah, kind of looking forward to what 2024 has for event schedules. A lot of new players entering the field when it comes to uh, not only top players, but also tournament circuits. So I'm very excited about all this. Mm-hmm. Anything else to add? And just say, oh, well, I was going to playfully say, 2024, I'm finally going to actually win an RTT. I can feel it. I'm going to try real hard. I'm going to take it too seriously again. And I'll probably cry. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. That's kind of one of my goals at this point. I finally want to get off this uh, 
ridiculous losing streak I am of uh, since my last GT win. So let's start with an RTT win and then kind of both go from there. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I might get lucky and be the broken book of the day and win an event with custodes on like the release weekend or go. something. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to have fun staying up and painting my army some more because yay changing sleep schedules i wish you best of luck with that and uh also look forward to your posts are definitely have spurred a lot of interest on our facebook page so curious to see what you end, uh, end up getting done and um beyond that uh, i think that's enough for tonight so my name's eric i'm thank Robert. you for listening to the exterminatus podcast Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Honest Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. Just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy, the boxes help protect your models, and if you when you order, they come fast, the order is right, and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminatus Podcast. Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro Nom 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 to replace your average pizza decided to come out with a, another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from RedDukeGames.com and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time, and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play in the So if you're looking for fanciful drinks, go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the Mad Men at RedDukeGames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom Nom. Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook.